to say a quick hello to all of our churches. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars. Guys, we love you. Great things happening. Glad you guys are part of the brand new series we're starting today called Distracted. We all get distracted by different things. In fact, earlier this week, we asked some of our volunteers to come up and just write down whatever distracts them. So here's just a big list of all the different random things that distract us. I thought it was funny someone put spurs and rockets up there. Yes, that's clearly been a distraction. Uh, Houston Texans, that one's downright offensive to me, but uh, let's see what else. Netflix, that's a big one, isn't it? Netflix. Now, the one that I personally wrote up there was up at the top that I wrote Bleacher Report. That's a big thing for guys, right? Anyone like, like me go to Bleacher Report? I'm the only one. Okay, wow, I feel really bad now. No. Okay, so it, you basically list off your favorite teams and you just follow all the news on them. Anyway, it's super addictive for me. But there's all kinds of things. Gossip was great with Xbox, Call of Duty. Uh, let's see what else we got. Mexican food. That's, that doesn't apply to me, of course. That's an addiction. That's a whole different category at that point. So, anyways, but yeah, there's all kinds of different ones. Girlfriend, ouch, that's painful. That, I don't know who put that one up there. Wow. Memes, Dallas Cowboys, the gym, music, makeup, okay, drama, Amazon shopping. That's a big one. Grumpy Cat, I like that one. That's a great one. All different, oh, Stranger Things, YouTube, I mean, there's so many different things. They distract us. So grab a pen right now real quick, and on your notes, go ahead and pull out your notes, and just write what distracts you all around the border of your notes. Would you do that? Just write some different things that distract you all around the border, and so please don't put your husband or wife, if they're sitting next to you, that could be a little painful, so. But just write down whatever distracts you. Just do that real quick, because we all have different distractions in our lives, and so we're going to unpack this big board a lot next week. Before we get to that, I want to talk about what kind of soil are you? You may be thinking, I don't know what you're talking about here. Jesus refers to four different kinds of soil in the Bible. In fact, he gives a parable. We call it the parable of the seed, but I would actually like to rephrase it, call the parable of the soil, because the seed's the same. We have this impression that, like, there's different kinds of seeds. Actually, the seed's the same. If you break open an apple seed, it's the same on the inside with any apple seed you pop open. Okay? You take any seed you want, if you break it open, it's the same. So why is it that one apple seed grows a bunch of apples and one apple seed doesn't? That's not based upon the seed. That's based upon the soil. The problem, by the way, is not with the seed. It's with the soil oftentimes. Why is it that you'll leave church today and on the way home turn to your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or, or your kids or your mom or dad and say, oh, man, the message is so powerful. And then one of them will look back at you and be like, eh, it's okay. Same message, same seed, same truth delivered. One person was blown away by it. Another person didn't get much out of it. Maybe you're sitting next to your spouse right now, and you're wondering, why is everyone so into this church? I don't get it at all. I don't understand what everyone cares so much about. Maybe the difference really isn't the message, because I'm not preaching different messages to you than I'm preaching to you. It just is, it's the seed it's hitting. So the truth is, is that the soil is the difference maker in the seed, not really the seed. God's Word does not return void. And so when it goes out, it's how you respond to it that actually really brings the power to the Word of God for you. So let's talk about that today. What kind of seed are you? There are four basic kinds of seeds, and you'll see how this fits into our Distracted series in a little bit. You may be thinking, whoa, I thought we were talking about social media today. You're talking about seed. What's going on? Let's unpack this and see if you find yourself in one of these different soils. So let's just look at this. So Jesus said this in Luke chapter 8. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large group to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered it across his field. Next line says, Some seed fell on a footpath 
where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Now, this is the first of the seeds. So we have footpath seed. Uh, the seed's the same, but the footpath. A footpath is also called a wayside um, in the original Greek language or a, or a highway, which is what we use now, to, to, of course, to, to describe something we drive on. But the reason it was highway to them was because typically the ground was a little higher because the other ground around it was mushier because it had been properly prepped to take seed to be planted. So it would have a pathway that you would go on, or a wayside is what they called it. Um, and in between towns, everything in between towns was agrarian. So the, whole, the town was where market was, but then to get to market, you had all these farmland in between the towns. And so when you're going from one town to another, you're walking between someone's farm. So you had to stay on this one little path. Well, the path would be, would be a hardened path. So the seed that fell on the footpath, the hardened path, the birds would come along and eat it because that seed wouldn't sink into any ground. The ground was too hard to sink into. It was easy to, it was easy to eat it. So that's where the birds would hit it. So what that tells me is this. Number one, hard soil is a hardened heart. Now, what makes this ground hard versus the other softer ground is that this ground has been walked on repeatedly. That's why it's called the pathway, right? It's getting walked on. And so if it's getting walked on, it's getting trampled on, it's just pushing that ground harder and harder. It's padded down to where the seed has nowhere to go. It's not going to go into the ground. It's not soft enough to do that. So the same thing happens to us. We may be hearing God's truth, but not getting it. We're not receiving it. And the reason why is we have a hardened heart. But the reason you get a hardened heart is because people have been trampling on you. If you're getting trampled on, it's going to harden your heart. What do you think racism is? It's trampled. It's being trampled on. People that don't like a certain color skin, it's because they had an experience with one person they extrapolated to all people of that same color or nationality or ethnicity. This is why someone says all white people are like this. All black people are like this. All brown people are like this. Well, let's not bring brown into it. Let's, that's just a little too much, I admit. That's, let's not push it. The point is, is that whatever color you like or maybe that you don't like, hopefully that's not an issue, but if it is, I, I dare say it's really not their, the whole race issue for you. We need to recognize what it really is. Someone from that grouping trampled on you. And so now you've taken that to mean everyone is this way. Or maybe it was learned from a parent or someone else that told you that because they had an experience, they've extrapolated their experience down to you and you just learned it. But somewhere along the way, this, this is why women will say, not all women, but some women will say, all men are pigs. Well, that's just not true. Just the guy you chose to be with is. <laughs> so now you're taking that and thinking that all men are that way when the real fault wasn't that that guy treated you bad. The real fault was why you stayed with him when he did that. So you made the mistake of, of sticking to this guy who was a total jerk to you over and over again, and now you're going to tell us that all men are bad? Maybe you just made a mistake. And you got trampled on. And so what makes the ground hard? What makes us not open to receiving the Word of God? We've been trampled on. Maybe you're not open to receive the Word of God from a preacher because you've been abused by a church in the past. So you're hardened to ministry, hardened to preachers in the Word of God. Hardened, uh, you, you walk into church like this with your arms crossed going, mm-hmm, wonder all the money's going around here. One of that preacher's up to over there. One of they're doing with that church. Because you've had a bad experience in the past, and so you've become hardened, and you think anyone that has anything with ministry or church or the Bible, oh, man, you know they're up to no good. Do you really know that? Or are you just extrapolating that because you've had a bad experience with someone who's religious in the past? you become hardened, right? And so we don't receive the word because we've been walked on too much. Maybe by one person, maybe many times. I don't know. 
But if you're getting walked on, it's going to harden who you are. Or maybe the path is hard for you and you don't receive the Word of God because you've been around it so long. See, if you're a farmer's daughter, if you're a farmer's son, if you're just around seed all the time, you don't value it. Why would you value it? It's everywhere. There's seeds scattered all over the place. I mean, you have seed in your clothing. You're not even trying to have seed anywhere. It just happens to be there because, you know, you grew up around it. So you're just used to it. Maybe you're hardened to the value of a seed because there's so much seed you don't value it. If I gave a bag of seed to someone who was starving in a country where they had no crop and said, I'd like to give this to you, they would think, oh, what an amazing gift. Thank you so much. I will tend to it. I'll be careful with it. I'm going to make sure that I use this well, right? But if you're like us, man, there's so much food. Our biggest problem is eating too much. Seed is not a problem around here. And so it's like, We don't care about it. We don't value it. Maybe you grew up in a highly religious home. Maybe you grew up in a Christian home where your parents were talking about Jesus all the time. So you come to church service with him and you roll your eyes. Oh, here we go again. Jesus, 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 because you grew up with it. Oh, my mom, she's just ridiculous. I mean, every morning we woke up, we had to drive. We listened to this crazy praise music all the time on the radio. Oh, I'm sorry. Your mom didn't listen to Motley Crue with you at age six? (laughs) What a terrible mother. I want you to think about what you're saying. I want you to just process for a second. Could it be that you were around so much goodness that you don't value it? Could it be that you, you had the Word of God all around you and your parents talked about the Lord all the time? Could it change your life? Because maybe they did not grow up with that kind of privilege that you grew up with. And so whenever they saw the difference between from going from darkness to light, it changed their life so drastically that they were over the top in their faith. And instead of valuing it, it caused you to devalue it. Could it be that you have a hardened heart because, frankly, you're just too used to it? Could it be that we have grown up in a country where on billboards all across our nation and on radio stations and TV stations and there's literally bookstores full of stuff about Jesus, we're so used to it that we just don't value it? Why don't you go to church in China this week where you have to sneak into someone's house at midnight on a Tuesday, close all the blinds, go downstairs into the basement and light one small candle, hope you don't get caught, gather around the candle and say, what did God teach you this week? Why don't you go to church in Afghanistan where at any given moment they could bust open the doors and cut your head off? Where they don't have hardly any seed of the Word of God. Guys, the truth is we become hardened to the truth because either we've been trampled on or we're doing the trampling ourselves because we just think seeds forever will always have it. Who needs it? We don't value what we have. And so don't let your heart get hardened because you've been walked on or you're doing the walking on of the seed you have access to. It is a privilege to be in God's house today. It is a privilege to have grown up in this nation where we can worship God openly and freely. It is a huge privilege. Don't let your heart get hardened, number one. The distraction here is that we get so hurt or we're just over familiar with the truth. We just grew up around it so we think, "Ah, big deal. We don't value it. Anything you become overfamiliar with, you don't value anymore. You have to be careful of that. Anyone you become overfamiliar with, you don't value. Maybe you're so used to being in the presence of God, you don't value it anymore. Just being in God's presence. You're saying, eh, no big deal. You know, people, people tell me, you know, well, I'll say, how was worship? Worship was good or worship was, Or they'll say, I didn't like worship today. That's when I smile and say, I'm sorry, it wasn't for you. We weren't worshiping you. We were worshiping him. 
just thought I'd let you in on that. We forget what we're here for. We're here to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords who deserves our praise and our adoration every single moment. That's why we're here. But we get so familiar with it. We get familiar with each other, and therefore we quit valuing each other. It happens all the time. Let's just practice value again. Turn to the person next to you right now and go, oh, I get to sit next to you. Just do that right now. Wow, I get to sit next to you. This is so awesome. Look who I'm sitting next to. Just do that real quick. Bring value back. You know, you make fun of that, but here's the funny thing. There was a time, don't forget, there was a time when you were strategic just to get to sit next to them. Remember that? Long time ago for some of us. Remember, you were like, all right, so you're my wingman, man. We're going to go in together. All right, whenever I see her, I'm going to sit down. You make sure she sits by me, and then you split. Got it? Got it. Okay, cool. You were planning, man. You were strategic, ladies. Don't tell me you don't know what we're talking about right now. You planned the whole thing. You were so mad at your girlfriend when she blew the plane and sat next to him instead of you. And eventually you got her out of there, and you got to sit next to her. Right? Come on. You were strategic about it, and now you're like, eh, it's just him. It's just her. Anything you become familiar with, you begin to devalue. We need to remember the incredible value of being in the presence of God, of having His Word taught to us each week, of getting the truth of God's Word. It is incredible value. Some people don't have that, what we have access to. We trample on it, or we've been trampled on, so we've become hardened ourselves. Scripture goes on to say this, other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the, pan, the, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. So the rock, basically the plant began to grow, which means it grows both ways. It grows out and it also grows down into roots, right? It has to have deep roots. Big trees require deep roots. So what happens though is when those roots begin to grow down, if there's a rock, some kind of hard substance, it stops the growth, kills the plant. Now, some plants can grow with rocks. You can grow a garden with some rocks in the garden. It's just going to be a really bad garden. A good gardener would get all the hard stuff out. But if you're a bad gardener, then you just leave it there, and then the plant has to grow with the rocks. So you can grow as a Christian with something hard in your life. It's just going to slow you down. So, I mean, you can. You know, well, I'm a Christian. I want to date this person. I know they're honoring God, but I'm going to date him anyways. I mean, you can. You just need to know you're going to slow your growth down. All your prayers eventually will be, oh, God, please let my husband come to church. Rather than, oh, God, thank you for what you're doing in my Christian relationship because I got rid of that wrong guy when I was dating and waited and held out for the right guy or girl in my life, and now I have a relationship. Otherwise, your, your whole Christian walk will begin to revolve around that hard part of your life that you weren't willing to get rid of. The truth is, I know it got real quiet in here because I think we're dropping some truth right now. My question is, are you receiving it? Could it be that there's some hard area of your life? Maybe it's not a relationship. Maybe it's, it's a difficulty. Maybe it's a, it's a besetting sin, something you just keep going back to again and again. And God's saying, you know, we could grow a lot more if you get rid of that rock. If you get rid of that hard area of your life. See, a good gardener is willing to tear up the garden to get the hard stuff out. And it's painful at first because here's the thing. Roots will go or grow around that rock, so it'll hurt that plant at first to yank it out. But guess what? It'll heal a lot faster when there's nothing hard in the way. Suddenly it grows and goes deeper. But at first it's pretty painful. So there's some things in your life right now that you may need to get rid of in your life. And it's going to hurt. It's gonna, you're going to have to cut and sever some roots that you've got to get this out of your life. But if you'll do it, you'll really grow. <laughs> Make sense? So stony soil is a shallow heart. 
where you're doing good until you hit an obstacle. You're really growing in the Lord until you begin to go out with the wrong person. You're really growing in the Lord until you start to hang out in the wrong places. You're really growing in the Lord until you choose this or that sin path, and then you just keep going that same direction, and it becomes an obstacle in your life. It just slows you down. The next soil is this one. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Thorny soil is a preoccupied heart. You become consumed with everything the world offers, so you have no time for God. Now, another word for, for thorns here in the Scripture, it says other seed fell among thorns or fell among weeds. That's referring to the same thing. Funny thing about weeds, it's the only plant that harvests the same exact time it's planted. Did you know that? Weeds give you their results immediately, and that's all there is to it. There's nothing more. Like, you put it in, and boom, they just pop up, right? Now, here's the thing about weeds. You don't have to plant them. They just show up automatically, right? Have you figured that out yet? You have to get rid of it. I've never heard anyone say, I really need to plant more weeds in my garden. I've never heard that once. I've heard lots of people say, I need to get rid of the weeds in my garden, right? Because the reason why, weeds are not bad, but they can cost you what could be good. Let me say that again. Weeds are not bad, but they can cost you what to, what's good because there's only so much nutrients at the bottom of that soil. And if you've got a lot of weeds, your plant that you care about is now competing with the weeds to get all that nutrient. You realize that? So when you pick up all the weeds and pull them out, all of a sudden that plant really begins to grow. But you see, the truth is, is that we all have weeds in our lives. They're not necessarily bad things. They're just not necessarily good things either. They're just things. They're just things in our life that just take up our time and soak up our energy and our attention to where they're not bad necessarily, but they are distractions. Now, the rocks are bad, right? Those are things that we just got to get rid of because they really hurt us. They, they can completely stop our growth. Rocks you got to get rid of. Weeds are something that, frankly, when you begin to pull weeds out of your life, other friends of yours and family members will say, what's the big deal? Why are you doing that? But if you look closely, you notice the plant in their life isn't grown much. The plants that grow really big have a gardener that pulls all the weeds to where all the nutrients are sucked up in one plant and get really big really fast. Does that make sense? You got to be willing to pull up the weeds. These are the things in our life. These are distractions that, that get in the way like social media, worldly pursuits, and they really do begin to, to suck up the life of what we could become, what we could do. Left to itself, this is important for you to understand, left to itself, your garden will get weeds. What I'm trying to tell you is a passive life is an overrun life. Let me say that again. That's a great tweet. A passive life is an overrun life. If you passively just accept everything coming your way into your life, you will have no time for God. You will have no time to hear from God. When do you hear from God? When do you actually not have a set of Beats headphones on your ears? When do you not have a screen in front of you? When are you not checking your status on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media platform you're on? When are you not doing all that so we can hear from God? God has great things He wants to say to you. He wants to lead you and guide you, but you got to give Him some time. you got to create some margin in your life for Him to be able to speak to you. He has great things he wants to tell you, he wants to do in your life, but you've got to listen to him. But we're too busy on Facebook. <laughs> we are. You know what Facebook is. It's where you take 
50 pictures to get one that's just so natural and normal? Are you kidding me? You're all sucking in, pull back the, you know, neck, skin, and the... Wait, get the picture. Okay, get it from 18 feet high. And then you post it, just a casual shot. There's nothing casual about that. Get ready for two hours, laid out 10 outfits on your bed for one casual shot. Give me a break. It's so fake. It's fake book. We only post it when we go to cool places. We don't say, hey, hanging out at Whataburger. We don't do that. It's either like the nicest restaurant in the world, the nicest, coolest place, when we're all dressed up and we look our best, right? That's what we post. It's fake. It's just not real. It's not. Or how about Vague Book? You ever been to Vague Book? This is when you're mad at someone, but you don't use their name. Don't you hate when people do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. Someone comes to you later and they're like, I feel like you were talking about me. Like, no, I wasn't talking about you. No, not at all. You were Vague Booking. <laughs> how many of you guys have read some Vague Book posts? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another popular one? Yeah. It's ridiculous, but Fake Book, right? Insta-sham. That's a big one. <laughs> people love going there, you know? They post these amazing shots, you know? I mean, if I have to see one more person post about how much they love Jesus with their cleavage showing, really? <laughs> Give me a break. Can we have a little honor if we're going to talk about the Lord? Don't tell me I'm the only person that sees this kind of stuff. Come on. <laughs> Ridiculous. Just loving the Lord. I don't need to see that. <laughs> Give me a break. The truth is, is that we, we get sucked into all the social media. It's not all bad. You know, I'm teasing, but it, it's not all bad, but it, it's not all good either. Let's be honest. You got to watch that stuff. It can suck you dry. We get caught up in all kinds of pursuits that take us away from the pursuit of the Lord. And so God has great things he wants to tell us, he wants to lead us, he wants to guide us. You know, LinkedIn did a study. This is interesting. LinkedIn did a study. They found out that the average employee, when they take a moment to check their phone, that's what we say we're doing, right? I'm just going to check my phone real quick. But what that really means is I want to go look at Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or right or Bleacher Report or whatever, ESPN.com, whatever your favorite website is, we go check it real quick. Do you know the average American worker, it takes them 23 minutes to get back into what they left to go check their phone real quick. 23 minutes is apparently how long real quick takes you. Based upon the average American income, that's $8.69 every time you check your phone to get back focused again. So here's what I want to do. You want to break the habit? Real simple. Get a lot of loose cash in your wallet. Then every time you stop and look at your phone, pull $8 out and throw it away or give it to someone. About the third time you do it, when you're 24 bucks down, in an hour, you'll stop looking at your phone all the time. Does that make sense? That's how much time we're wasting. Go ask the average employer what they think of all this social media, and it'll make them mad because they realize how much the productivity of their employees has dropped because of it. It's a huge deal, guys. We need to wake up to it. That's just one issue. We're going to unpack a lot of this more next week as we talk about that, because I'm going I'm to really help you take control of your technology instead of your technology controlling you next week. Be sure to be here next week for, for that message. I'm very, very excited. Next week's message is called Undivided Attention in an ADD World. So be sure to be here for that. And I happen to, to have ADD, so I can really speak with authority on this one, I promise you. So next week's message, Undivided Attention in an ADD World. Don't miss next week. I think it's going to really be powerful for all of you. And definitely... Get your kids here. I promise you, they grew up in an ADD world, okay? 
And so make sure that they're here for this as well. The fourth soil, good soil, is an honest heart. This is one who accepts the truth and they bear fruit. Fruit just means results. They accept the truth and they bear fruit. It says in Scripture in Luke 8, verse 8, Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Jesus says at the end of this message, he says, Hey, don't miss the point. If you got ears, listen. I just don't know Jesus to say that very often. So for him to stop and say, you really want to get this one. I mean, if he's going to highlight his own message, it must be a big deal. Basically, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, what's the point of me preaching all this to you, teaching you this stuff, if you're not open to it? And if you've got a hardened heart or big obstacles in your life or you're preoccupied, you're not going to hear everything I'm saying to you. What he's saying is, is that I can be Jesus and you can still miss the point. Wow. The master teacher. And we still miss it because we're just preoccupied, because we're, we're, our hearts are hardened, uh, because we have a shallow heart. We're, we're focused on obstacles. So what is good soul? Good soul accepts the truth and bears fruit. And notice the fruit here. I think this fruit's powerful. And I really believe this would be true. I actually could, I could cite examples, but I will not because I don't want to embarrass them, people that go to our church. But I happen to know some people in our church that in their particular fields and their particular goals, they are literally 100 times more productive than most of us. 100. I have some friends that I know in our church. Not ever. I wish I could say everyone was this way, but not everyone is. But in their particular goals, because they've learned to clear their field. You know, how in the world does a farmer produce a hundred times the crop of what we pull off in our backyards? How? Oh, I can explain that real quick. In fact, if you don't believe me, on your way out of the broadcast campus and many of other campuses here in South Texas, look to your left and right, and you'll see farm fields everywhere, and just ask how much produce is, produce is coming off of that one field. Look, look at the massive amount that is. How do they do that? Oh, that's real easy. They clear everything out of the field. If it's in the way, it goes. That's how they're that productive. That's how they're that good at producing that kind of result, is they get anything and everything that's in the way, got to go. No exceptions. That's how you produce that kind of wheat, that kind of corn, that kind of maize. That's how you produce that kind of fruit. You clear everything out. Now, you may say, well, that's a little extreme. No problem. You can accept mediocrity in your life. It's not going to bother me. But I bet it bothers you. So if you want more, you need to clear more space. Whatever it is you're wanting in your life, people that I know that, that earn 100 times the average income. So there's no one like that. Yeah, there is. Quite a few, actually. And how do they do it? They cleared out the things that were in the way. They got rid of the hard objects. They, 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 they made room. They made space to do great things. And then they focus on those things. They were, had an undivided attention span. So how do you bear fruit? I'm going to give you three quick things, and then we'll wrap it up. Three quick things. Please write these down, would you? The first is you get plowed by the Word. Now, I know what the word get plowed means in the world. Please do not focus on that. We mean in a farmer's term, okay? Get plowed by the Word. What I'm trying to tell you is let God disrupt you. See, when you plow a field, you basically take hardened dirt and break it apart. If you're the dirt, it's miserable, you're like, this is so painful, it's just, I'm just getting all ripped up and everything I was used to is, is no longer here and this is gone, that's gone, just is all shredded up and it's just, ah! Oh, the master's plowing you. 
That means God's getting you ready for a great harvest. Anyone God uses greatly, He first breaks open deeply. Let me say that again. Anyone God uses greatly, He first breaks open deeply. You see, man, I'm shredded. I've gone through so much. I've been poked and prodded. I feel like I'm just, just going through so much. I've been broken apart in so many ways. Yes, we're freshening you up. We're getting you ready. We're softening you so that when the seed hits that soft ground now, it takes root. The people who really are amening this sermon and getting all excited and emotional and have tears running down their face right now, you've been going through a softening. You've been getting ripped up. You've been getting torn up. And you're now receiving the word like never before because of what you're going through. It opens you up. Suddenly, you're sensitive to the things of God. Suddenly, you're like, oh my gosh, that message was for me. Yep, because you've been getting teared up. You're getting torn up. God's allowing that to happen because he's, he's creating the right soil conditions so you can grow something powerful in your life, something big, something that'll blow your mind, something you never thought you were capable of. You're capable of way more than you think. According to the scripture, a hundred times more is what you're capable of. First, get plowed. Let God disrupt you and make you tender again. Guys, the truth is God can't use you if you're too angry and too hurt and too resentful. He has to soften you up. You want to be used of God in a great way, but you're still angry or hurt. You can't walk around butt hurt and expect God to use you. God wants to soften you up so he can do great things through you. You don't forgive that person who hurt you because they deserve it. You forgive them because your future deserves it. It's not about them anymore. Quit giving them your power. They already hurt you once. Why are you going to let them keep doing it again? You're going to let them ruin your future too. They already ruined part of your past. Forgive them. Soften up. Don't get bitter. Get better. God, let this soften me. Let this change my heart to a tender heart. Lord, soften the ground. I don't want to become hardened. I want to become softer to where you can use me in a great way. You can plant something big in my life. First, get plowed. Second, remove obstacles and persevere. Remove obstacles and persevere. Get rid of what is hard for you. This may be a wrong relationship. You know, for me, I was thinking back about things I had to get rid of in my life. And early on in my faith, when I was in high school, I'll never forget when God really put it on my heart, and it was really difficult for me to do. Not everyone cares about this, but just speaking from personal experience, I remember years ago when I was in high school, God really convicted me that what I was listening to, the music I was listening to, was just contrary to what God was doing in my life. And I had to really come face to face and realize that if I'm really going to do great things for God, I cannot keep filling my mind with this stuff. And so I'll never forget today, I just threw out all, threw out all my old albums, and it was really tough because I really like that stuff. So, 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 you know, today we don't have a bunch of albums laying around. We just have them all on our phones. But just, just next time you're on Apple Music, just, just click lyrics and just read some of the lyrics you're listening to. And just ask yourself, is that contrary to where I'm headed, to where I want to go in my life? And you just, just, just ask that question. Just, just read the lyrics. You know, is that what I want in my life? Okay, let me read the lyrics here. Coconut pot in the crock pot. Is that what I want? <laughs> Do I want to be an addict? Is that my goal? Right? Read the average song in the lyrics, and you'll be like, oh, wow, I think I'll get an SED within a week if I did that. <laughs> is that what I want? And so ask yourself the question, is this going in the direction I'm trying to go? 
And that may be harsh for you. And you may say, man, this is ridiculous. Or you may say, oh, I just, listen to the, I just listen to the music. I just like the beat. But then why are you singing the lyrics perfectly? It's not influencing you. So in the words of Kendrick Lamar, sit down, be humble. <laughs> listen to what I'm trying to tell you. God's trying to protect you right now. God's trying to help you not screw up your life by having all this influence coming, coming in you constantly that is totally contrary to what this says to do. Does that make sense? Because I hate to break it to you, when life falls apart, that music will not be there for you. God will. And so I just want to challenge you. Again, that may not be a big deal for you. For me, it, it shaped me, and I realized I need to change that. And it really was a game changer. You said, but the world's music is so much better sounding. I would agree with you. I actually would agree on that one. It is hard to find good music in, in Christian music. But I will tell you this. It was hard to find it back when I was a kid. But it's a lot easier now. There's actually some good stuff now. There was not that much when I was growing up. But now there is some really good stuff. And just do a little research and you'll find it. There's some great stuff. I don't know what kind of music you're into. But there actually is some really good stuff out there. So remove obstacles and persevere. It, removing obstacles may be painful than music. It may be a relationship. It may be people you're hanging out with a lot. I don't know, but you've got to remove the obstacles in your life. Third, clear your ground of distractions. This is one of the hardest because it seems like a little over the top to most people. This is where even Christians among you will be like, man, what's the big deal? You're going way over, overboard on this. But, but the people that go overboard are pros. Like, like farmers that are pro-farmers that like went to school for it and are like amazing at it. We, can't, we have in our mind like farmers, we think like they're old hicks. No, 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 no. Like farmers today are super high tech and have equipment that you and I couldn't even begin to know how to run it. I'm serious. If you go, go to an actual farm where they're producing hundreds of thousands of produce, they are seriously high tech about what they're doing. They're pros. And the pros know get rid of the distractions. Speaking of pros getting rid of distractions, I think it's interesting that we've got two NBA teams right now that are on a collision course towards each other. Both of them are 11 and 0 in the playoffs. They're destroying teams they're playing. Sorry, no, to offend you because you're Spurs fans. I get it. I'm a Rockets fan. I was destroyed in the process too. Trust me. But there are two teams that are absolutely dominating everyone. I mean, Cavs just put up 50 on a playoff team. That's insane. That's, that's not even heard, it's unheard of. They're, they're coming right at each other. Isn't it interesting that the leader of the Cavs and the leader of the Golden State Warriors, both of them, independently of each other, both of them said that they've deleted their social media during the playoffs. Interesting. What do they know that we don't know? I just find it interesting that they both realize, if I'm going to go to the next level, it's going to take even more focus, get rid of all distractions. It's brilliant. I mean, it's easy to wonder that both those guys are arguably the best guys in the NBA. I mean, you could argue it, but you'd only maybe throw in two or three names. They're that good. What does that tell you? It tells you you've got to clear your ground of distractions, number three. Clear your ground of distractions. What's distracting you? What's keeping you from God's best? What's keeping you from hearing God's word? What's keeping you from growing? It's time to remove it. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. As we take a moment to pray across all of our churches right now. I want to challenge you, whatever campus you're at, whatever church you're at, I want to challenge you right now. Maybe you're in Alice, Texas. Maybe you're in Rockport right now. I don't know where you are. Maybe you're at the west side, and God's speaking to you right now, and he's saying it's time to clear the stuff out of your life that's holding you back. Would you become soft ground again by forgiving someone? Maybe asking God to forgive you for taking for granted all the seed that you just trample right over the top of? 
because you just think it'll always be there. What if one day it's not? What if the blessing's all of a sudden gone and you took it for granted this whole time? Don't blow off what you've been given. Don't blow off the access that you have to the truth of God's word. God wants to do so much in your life. Don't trample on it. Don't don't be trampled on either. It's just going to harden you. Maybe right now your prayer is to say, God, forgive me for being so angry. Change me on the inside. Soften me up again, God. That starts by forgiving someone. Maybe for you it's it's an obstacle. Maybe there's a shallowness in your life because you just... You hit some hard stuff in your life and just forgot about God. Maybe today's the day you say, God, I'm coming back. I'm not going to let one hard situation, one difficulty keep me from you. I'm going to let it draw me to you. Or maybe you're just preoccupied. With your head bowed, your eyes closed. How many of you would say, God, you're speaking to me right now and I receive it? How many of you guys are willing to make a change today? If that's you, just stick your hand high. Thank you. There are hands going up all over our churches right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you. He was so focused on going to the cross that most of his followers didn't even understand him. He would say repeatedly, I must go to Jerusalem. I must go die for you. They didn't get it yet. But when he rose again, then they got it. He was incredibly focused on giving his life for you and for me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we're going to pray a prayer, and you can pray this prayer with us right now and receive Christ. Just pray this with me. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross. You paid the price for my sins, and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.